Community Players Podcast Standby. Places, please. Hosts and guests, places, please. House lights, go. Curtain, go. Podcast, go. Welcome to Places, Please, a podcast produced by Community Players Theatre in Beatrice, Nebraska. I'm Jamie Ulmer, Managing Artistic Director at the Theatre, and this is Season 2, Episode 7, for our staged reading of 12 Incompetent Jurors. This show is the final of a trio of shows we've been producing in a series that we are calling Reader's Theatre. Each of these shows has had one in-person performance in front of a live studio audience, which is filmed and then made available for on-demand streaming the following week. This series also takes place of what would have been a March-slash-February regular season production. That means if you have a season ticket, you can use your punches on your ticket to attend or stream these shows. Coming up in Act 2, we talk to the show's director, Rochelle Stoops. But first, Act 1. Twelve Incompetent Jurors is a farce written by Ian McWevy. The show is a parody of the film and stage adaptation of Twelve Angry Men. In the show, a man is accused of abducting half a dozen cats. It seems like a simple open and shut case. Everyone knows the man is guilty. There's video of him stealing the cats. He even admitted it on the stand during the trial where he was serving as his own lawyer. How could there be any question? Yet one juror, a wannabe lawyer, believes the cat burglar is innocent and sets out to sway the rest of the jury. The jury in this case is a collection of characters ranging from a bickering couple, someone obsessed with french fries, someone who barely speaks English, a teen who can't put their cell phone down, and several other really oddball characters. The cast is made up of 12 actors, but since there are so many of them, we're not going to list them all off during this podcast. You can find their names on our website or in the show's program. Uh, But we are excited that over half of them are appearing in their first regular season CP production with this show. This is the first time CP has produced the show. It runs approximately 80 minutes. The show is rated A2 on our production scale. That means it is for broad audiences, or the equivalent of a PG movie. That brings down the curtain for Act 1. Stand by for Act 2. All right. Well, Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So what can audiences expect when they come to see or they stream um, this show with a crazy title of 12 Incompetent Jurors? Well, if they've seen the original 12 Angry Men, uh, they might find something familiar in there. But regardless, it's just a really fun uh, silly, but with a few, you know, actual good points in it kind of story uh, that showcases some different kinds of people that you might meet in a jury room. And it's just really fun and and interesting and it moves quickly and is a, a, a just a good uh, chance to to see some theater and and watch something new. Yeah. So what is the case that they are trying so the case is a it's a pretty um, deep and intense sort of case. <laughs> this man is accused of kidnapping some cats, um, which apparently requires a jury trial in this universe. Um, yeah. is, is well, he's a literal cat burglar. Literal so cat, yes, yes, he is. He is. And uh, despite the evidence against him, um, our jurors 
really want to do their job well and thoroughly. And so they have some some really interesting conversations about what might have happened the day of the crime. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And the hijinks ensue from there. Right. Right. Yep. Um, So talk about a little bit about uh, directing this show. How is directing a stage reading different from directing a regular show? Aside from the fact that you only have like four rehearsals to do everything. (laughs) That's a whole nother story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, You know, there are pros and cons to both, really. The nice thing about a stage reading is that you don't spend a lot of time worrying about memorization. So you're not taking line notes. You're not um, stopping because someone needs to grab a script. Uh, the, the actors have the script in front of them the whole time. And so you really can focus on the characters and the line readings and the timing without worrying about uh, giving your actors time to search for a line. The other side of that is that especially when you're doing some staging, which we are, you have to treat those scripts as a piece of the costume, a piece of the character, because they're going to have those scripts with them the whole time. And so making them part of the story so that they're not awkward or um, inconvenient is something you don't have to worry about in a regular show. That's really interesting to hear you describe the script in a staged reading as part of the costume. Mm -hmm. I I had not ever thought of it in that regard, but it really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, they they're regardless of how well they know the script and hopefully they know it well enough um, that they're not, don't have their face in it the whole time, but they still have to hold on to that. And they still are going to be, you know, checking every once in a while. And so uh, you you don't want to set it down and and move away from it. That needs to be part of the, their character. Mm -hmm. So let's find out a little bit more about you. This is your first time directing here for CP. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure our audiences would just love to know a little bit more about you. Who is Rochelle? What makes her tick? <laughs> well, <love> uh, <laughs> How many cats has she stolen? Mm, very few, surprisingly. <laughs> Uh, So actually, I've been doing this a really long time. My first community theater show was in 1986 um, in the western wilds of South Dakota. And I got to play a princess in uh, The King and I in the community theater play, the town that we lived in at the time. And I was hooked after that. So uh, my parents say that even before that, I was making things up and and forcing my younger brothers into into little plays about holidays and and things that I made up. But so I, you know, stayed active every time we moved. My family moved a lot. My dad's a pastor. So we switched towns and and schools and churches several times during my childhood. Uh, And then in high school, I was a full on theater geek and um, did competition and was in every show and those kinds of things. And then I went to college and majored in theater thinking, you know, I'll just go and get discovered somewhere. Um, instead, <laughs> instead, I met a vocal performance major because so we were really just on the right track. Um, yeah. And we got married. Super employable, yeah, right? both of you. <laughs> Be really successful or really not successful. Um, so we got married and started having babies. And I was a stay at home mom for, gosh, 13, 14 years. And I did some stuff on the side. I um, We lived in Kansas City for a while and I worked for a company that did. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of melodramas for like businesses Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I would get sent a script and I'd have a month to memorize it. And then I'd get 
flown somewhere and meet the other actor and do the show and then go home. Uh, it, was, it, it was interesting theater for sure. That sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, lots of fun with that. And I did some just local commercials and some voiceovers and things like that every once in a while. And then uh, we moved to Lincoln in 2000 and I did my first show at the Playhouse here in 2001. So gosh, 20 years ago uh, when my babies were just little and been doing it off and on ever since. So I've gotten to do things uh, with Angel's Theater Company. Um, I directed some things for Haymarket Theater when they were still going. And I um, was part of the original four people who uh, started the stage theater in Hickman, um, but I've never gotten to be actress. So um, then I went back <laughs> to school to be a teacher. So I'm actually, uh, I'm an English teacher at Brian Focus Program in Lincoln, which is the alternative high school. And I started a theater class there my first year. So every spring, typically we put on a one act show and I get to direct that, which is, um, has, has gotten easier over the years, but was a little nutso with no resources at all my first year. <laughs> And then I still just try to be as active as I can. So I've gotten to to direct a lot more um, over the last few years, more than I was planning on ever, because I really like being on stage. Um, <laughs> I really like doing the directing stuff too. I'm 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 getting more comfortable with it as I go and finding more really uh, my my way of doing that. It's kind of another another way of teaching, I think. And and I kind of feel that way about teaching too, that it's a performance for me. So it's, it's seven hours of improv every day as uh, a, uh, true. of my <laughs> students. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I try to act like I really know what I'm talking about, but sometimes, you know, you're just, you're just playing to the crowd. So, uh, you know, I love it. It's, it's kind of the, the me thing that I get to do. And I'm, you know, hoping to just keep doing more and more and more. Yeah. Well, the, uh, there were so many things that you said in there that were just r really interesting. You know, one thing that that, <laughs> that uh, struck me was, you know, the observation about, you know, being a, an actor and a director. And one thing that I've found are oftentimes the best directors are actors. Yeah. And it took me a while to get there, you know, to, to major in theater at the little school I went to, the little college, I had to basically take all of the theater classes. And so I was trained to be a theater teacher, just didn't do mm -hmm. the education part of it. Uh, so I did the stagecraft and the directing and, you know, all of those different things. Um, but I really loved being on stage. And so I really never saw myself doing that. But then um, my ex-husband was at a church and so I got kind of pushed into helping with some kids things and and really started getting a vision of how I uh, wanted to see this the thing on stage and I think too as an actor once you've worked with directors you kind of figure out how you like to be directed and so uh it kind of gives you a place to start from you know yeah I, if I can think as an actor, these are the things that work well for me that help me find um, the character that I'm looking for. These are easy to follow sort of directions. Um, then that's the kind of director I want to be. And and so I've just kind of grown from there and, and lots of places here around um, this part of Nebraska have been really gracious in letting me do that. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, one of the my kind of directing philosophies has always been, uh, if I was acting in the show, what would I want the director yeah. to tell me at this point in the process? So yeah, that's really interesting uh, to hear just, uh, that whole same kind of thought process. Yeah, 
Um, so, and then you've got a busy week too. <laughs> we were talking before we started recording here. You know, not only is this going on, but you know, you're working on your your uh, defense of your dissertation, right? Right. Yeah. So I've been going to school at Doan for my um, EDD, which is the Doctorate of Education, uh, since 2018. And I finally, finally finished my dissertation and scheduled my defense for April 6th. Um, And so I'm kind of wrapping up my last revisions and getting ready for that and still teaching full time. So I still have a full time teaching job. And then my husband and I are and my daughter, my youngest daughter, we're moving this weekend. So (laughs) I have a substitute on Friday so we can move some stuff Friday and then I'll stop and shower and then drive to Beatrice to to the show. Um, And then I'll have like a week and then I'll do that defense. And then maybe I'll take a break for a little while. We'll just. Right. Yeah. Well, and then you then you'll uh, you'll have like uh, a day or two at home and then go. I need another project. I need to be involved in another show. I've already come up with some ideas and my husband just rolls his eyes. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back back to our uh, incompetent jurors here. So so um, so far. are there anything, particular moments in the show um, that uh, have been exciting or unexpected discoveries that you found while working on this project? I mean, just auditions was really were really unexpected for me. Uh, it, it's a large cast, especially for right now in our world, to be able to find 12 people to agree to do a stage reading within two weeks uh, was a little daunting. And so I kind of thought I would be, you know, really kind of scraping the barrel, you know, to (laughs) find people that could read, you know, oh, you can, you can read these lines. Great. Here's your role. Uh, But I was shocked really with the level of talent and thrilled with the way that everything lined up as I was watching the audition tapes, um, just how perfectly people seemed to fit into the roles that I had available for them. Um, which was really exciting and is is always kind of the most one of the most stressful parts of directing is putting people into the right place so that later you don't think, oh, why did I do that? Why didn't I switch these people or why didn't I make this different choice? Casting is is just really important. And so that was really exciting to um, see how perfectly the people who auditioned fit into the roles that I needed. And then just they're just some really fun moments. Um, we're doing a few things visually with costumes and props. Um, we get to do some things with timing. I've actually updated it a little bit um, so that some of the props and, and some of the things make sense for, you know, the world that we live in as far as technology and masks and those kinds of things. Uh, so that's been really fun as well. But I think there will be some there will be some moments that jump out at the audience that are unexpected. Um, You could, this would be an easy sort of story to make very predictable. And there are some things that you will be able to predict, but there are also some moments that you're just going to double take because (laughs) it's just kind of, it's just kind of out there in a really delightful way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so without giving any spoilers, are are there any kind of favorite moments of the show for you uh, or things that you're excited to uh, see the audience reactions to? I am really excited about my juror five and six 
their costumes. Um, I just, I'm just so happy with them. I just think that's really <laughs> fun when the audience sees them together for the first time. That's gonna just be. Um, I'm gonna laugh. I don't know if anyone else will, but I will laugh. As long as you are amused, exactly. that's really all that matters. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then again, just some. I think because we don't, like I said, because we don't have to focus quite so much on the physicality and on the memorizing of lines, we really can can look at emphasis, which would be very hard to do in four rehearsals if we were trying to get <laughs> a book. Uh, but because we aren't doing that, that, we can look at how we emphasize things, how we use timing, and some of the choices that we're making are just surprisingly funny. Um, so yeah, it, it's a really simple story. There's some really silly moments, but at the same time, um, it's just, it's, it, it'll just make you happy. It's just, there's some sweetness and, and just some really funny things in there. That is one of the really fun things about this script. And one of the reasons that we were drawn to it, um, to include in this, uh, series, uh, is the fact that it's just absolutely ridiculously yeah. Uh, funny yeah. you know there is there's there it's it's not trying to say anything too deep right. here That's um right. it's there to make you laugh that's right or even to stick too closely to realism i mean there's just the the coincidences and the um the statements that are made by some of the jurors are just so out there but they're just so funny and i feel like this is a good time for this you know i think we all just need to to laugh at at something crazy right now and this is yeah <laughs> a, good, a good chance to do that yeah absolutely well as we uh wrap things up here uh rochelle is there anything else that you would like to uh, add before we uh wrap it up i just hope lots of people can take advantage of uh kind of getting back to theater i've been just so thankful and and impressed with how the arts community as a whole has handled this whole situation uh being so careful and respectful of the safety of our actors and our, our production people and our audience. Um, you, we just really haven't seen any of the negative things, you know, from the arts mm -hmm. community that we've seen in some other com uh, communities. And so I think we can be really thankful for that. And at the same time, ready to very carefully get back into it. So, you know, whether you decide to, to see it in person or online, um, hopefully you can appreciate the, the time that we've spent trying to make something fun and lighthearted and just sort of joyful for you. Excellent. Well, Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us today and looking forward to uh, seeing the show this weekend. It's going to be a good one. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's the Curtain Call. This podcast is a production of Community Players Theatre in downtown Beatrice, Nebraska. Our production of 12 Incompetent Jurors will have just one in-person performance on Friday, March 26th, with limited in-person seating. The show will be available for on-demand streaming April 2nd through the 4th. Tickets for either the live performance or streaming are available through the box office or on our website. This is the final show of our Reader's Theater series. Up next on our stage is the spring acting up production of Once Upon a Pine, The Adventures of Pinocchio, running April 9th through the 11th. Be watching our website and social media pages for more information about our final regular season production. 
Also, keep an eye out for information about the special documentary theater production that we are working on, which will be used in a network TV series. I'm Jamie Ulmer. This has been Places, Please, and we'll see you at the theater. Curtain in. House lights up. Thank you, podcast. Make sure to reset your props and hang up your costumes. <laughs>